Hey guys, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. This is episode, actually I don't know what episode number this is, so I'm sure you'll be able to have a look at your phone and read the title and it'll probably tell you what episode number it is. Today I sat down with two legendary humans, uh, Coach Cam, who you guys have all heard from before, one of our coaches at Virtus, and I also spoke to well, we spoke to Josh Kakataki. I think that's how you say his name. If it isn't, Josh, I apologize. But today we sat down. Josh is a coach who, I guess, he surrounds himself with a lot of similar people that we do. Uh, he's also studying dietetics, so he's very knowledgeable in terms of coaching and food and nutrition. Um, he's also about to head over to the US to intern with Eric Cressy, one of the figureheads in our industry. So it was really cool to have a sit down and chat to Josh about everything he does, his philosophies, uh, why he does what he does, and yeah, where, he, where he's headed. So this was a lot of fun. Enjoy. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Boys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> so, Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to the wider Virtus community. Okay. So, uh, I'm a coach and trainer, personal trainer from Melbourne. Um, grew up sort of in the country. Um, at the moment, I'm working, I guess, mainly with like general population clients. A couple of powerlifting specific clients. Um, the odd like sort of physique bodybuilding client here and there and a handful of like strength and conditioning so soccer athletes football athletes things like that um currently sort of halfway through a nutrition degree but i'm just having to put that on hold at the moment because so about next week i'm going moving to america for a little while just to intern under Eric Cressy at Cressy yeah. Sports Performance that'd be awesome in who's Florida that? <laughs> who's Eric, that again? Eric Cressy that guy? yeah so um, life's about to change pretty large in a minute so just gearing up to head off to there and uh, that is me in a nutshell I'm I guess. so excited that too by the way that'd be, be really really cool well, we'll talk about all your, all your coaching and stuff but why'd you decide to, to intern under Cressy? yeah so um, obviously Eric Cressy is a, a massive head figurehead in the industry, um, specifically with, you know, the baseball athletes and American athletes in general. Um, and one of our mutual friends, Jamie Smith, had also done the internship Shout there. Shout out. Strength <laughs> culture. <laughs> He'll be on next week, actually. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Is that so, right? <laughs> I'm sitting in on that too. He's a, oh, he's not we'll a... be back to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get all four of us in the room. Um, but I think, like, I guess basically... I got to a sort of a stage where I'd been working pretty flat out for 12 months, yep. waking up at 5am every day, doing the morning shift, doing the night shift. Coaching life. Yeah, pretty much the coaching life, um, racking up a lot and a lot of sessions a week. Um, and it just got to the point where it was just a little bit repetitive and quality was dropping. 
and I got to a stage where I wasn't really learning anything or growing any further mm. um, and I just had that hunger and need to want to go back to it um, and that's when I yeah, looked at Cressy's and just decided to roll the dice did not even think I'd get an interview or anything and yeah. then yeah the process went through and luckily enough I was fortunate enough to get a position the inside word is that Jamie actually rang Eric and said listen here it's funny if you want me to keep tagging you and stuff in Australia we'll take this kid on and Eric's yeah. like oh no worries okay yeah that's, that's awesome Josh of course that's exactly what happened I hope it isn't because you know Jamie that'd be rude no he did, he did help me a little bit which was good so it's good to know. Such it's all as we know. Yeah, it's all about who you know. In the exactly, industry, so. exactly. What was the interviewing process like for that? Was it pretty? It was. Good? It was massive. So I applied. I I don't know how long exactly, but it was something like four months. So I applied online, and then from there they have like three or four different cutting processes where um, you'll have like a Skype interview. The Skype interview is the last one. You'll send an application. Yeah. But to even get an application for it you need to email them and ask them and so basically what they have in their process so you email them to ask for the application yeah so you've got, kind of got to give like a mini resume at that point not even they have um, they set up so they're called like sort of tripwires they set up a bunch of tripwires so that if you don't adhere to these things you won't even get an application yeah, okay, um, yeah. so just quick example like on the website they'll say you need to email Pete for an application form um, and a lot of people won't even read that. They'll just say, hey, Eric, I want to apply for your yeah. internship, da, da, da. Gotcha. If you say something like that, if you don't address P specifically, they won't even reply to your email. Yeah. So I guess that's like the first like um, tripwire. It's like, it's like what, um, you heard about the Navy SEALs exam, how it, it gives you like a written exam of 60 questions, you have an hour to do it. Mm. And then it says at the top, please read all the questions before you start. And then in the very last page, last question is, do not put a mark on this page with the pen. So, oh, really? Yeah, well, so, before you start. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. gum ho guys are just like, they'll go, yeah, okay, read it. And then they go, bang, my name is Ken Allen. And they start holding yeah. these questions. Yeah, and then really question cool. six is like, don't put a mark on this yeah. booklet with, it, with a pen. And they go, oh, well, you know. Yeah, it's, it's exactly a pretty like easy that. way to weed out the people that aren't yeah. keen yeah. and, and, and ready to go. Yeah. Really cool. yeah, and it's just and showing like. the spam out too. Yeah, exactly. Like, for someone that they really actually want in their internship, will have that attention to detail yeah, to know that. Um, so it was a pretty full-on process, like a lot of little things like that that you go through. So in some parts, it was like luck to even get through that part, but at the end of the day, it's just sort of more so serendipity than anything. I you think. don't seem to be the kind of person that would believe in luck. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Jeez, it's lucky I just got that bench press up. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like six months of hard work. Yeah, exactly. Well, who, who was it that said it was... Like, I'm a great believer in luck. The harder I work, the more luck I have. Yeah. Yes. Sure. We'll, we'll I'm say sure. I'm sure. Hey, 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 I'm wrong. <laughs> Lucky is where preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. I yeah, I like to think of it more as, um, well, yeah, so different even. Just <laughs> Mate, I just Googled luck quotes. <laughs> Very good. We can go all day. I'm so mindful of it. What are, the, what are the main things you want to get out of the internship? And how long is it? So the internship goes for four months. Um, so I'll be getting there a week, well, I'll be getting there two weeks early, one week just to deal with the jet lag and sort myself out there. And then I'm going to start a week early. Um, so it'll be, yeah, four and a little bit months. Good. Um, and so I'll be hoping to get, like, I want to just see that whole different side of it and just really sort of delve into learning. Like, as I said, I've been working flat out for 12 months now. Now I just want to do nothing but just learn, learn, learn. 
and just be a sponge, um, absorb as much as I can, make some new connections as well. Like that's another big one yeah. as we all know. Like it's, it's all it's all networking. Yeah, exactly right. So if I can meet some people in America, um, potentially set up some opportunities for in the future, or like they'll know people that know people. Yeah. Um, and just yeah, just try and get as much out of it as possible. Like. SNC in America is a different thing, as we all know. Yeah. Like, it's a completely different ball game. And especially, you know, working with uh, Major League Baseball athletes, like, there's millions and millions of dollars in there in Chrissy's gym at any one point. Um, so it's completely different ball game to what we used to here and just the way that they're treating their athletes and, um, you know, the amount of care and the diligence that they have with their technique. Because, you know, like, one small movement and... You know, you've ruined your cuff for the season. Yeah, like, and that's you know forty. And that's a couple million of million. Yeah, exactly right. Of athlete that's been ruined. Yeah, and it's uh, it's really, it's a pretty interesting sport. Like I've personally, I've never like watched any or looked into it before. I got into some some more of Cressy stuff, but um, yeah, it's a pretty full on interesting sport when you when you really look at it. Um, like Cressy always say that it's the single fastest motion in all baseball, like a uh, in all baseball. sport. Yeah, yeah throwing Pitching. baseball. Um, yeah, definitely. And you don't realize how much damage they actually do to their shoulders. You just yeah, think, they like we just think it's throwing a ball. Yeah, but it's not. yeah, it's it's throwing a ball hundreds and hundreds of times. Their yeah. repetition. They do so now. many games a season and so many innings per game. Yeah, um, they just get completely beat up. It's probably a really good way of learning about load management. Chuck you into yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. That environment. Delicious. Shoulder anatomy gains. That's <laughs> <laughs> a shoulder anatomy. Yeah, it's, Actually, it's, been, it's been brushing up, I know no doubt. Anyway. It's been brushing up for sure. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Talk, you talk to me about your current current coaching and PT. Whereabouts are you based? Yep. What's the environment like? So at the moment, I'm at um, JPS Health and Fitness in Airport West. I've, yeah, as I said, I've been there just over a year now. Um, yeah, so mainly we're working with like body composition, general pop clients. Yeah with a mix in of athletes and the powerlifting culture is getting pretty big there now. Um, but I guess like the way I approach my coaching is um, sort of adapted from old mate Woodford, his style a little bit, and then taking some of Cressy's stuff um, and then some of the American strength and conditioning stuff there. But really like everything I do will just be centered around the individual. So. I'm completely flexible and pliable with my approach. Um, that's something I pride myself on. It's like not being married to one approach, you know. Like I do powerlifting, but that does not mean that the, I train people. That yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Like too. it's your goals, you know. We're going to train towards your goals. Yeah. How are you want to train? I think we've, when we've all learned under Woody and, and that whole this is another tool in the toolbox. Yeah, what for sure. Saying is probably the big one of the biggest things we learned from him. Mm. Really start to me. Yeah. Really start to me. Like so true. I mean. Having a massive toolbox gives you so many more options when yeah. someone comes in the door with something that completely throws you off. Yeah. As opposed to the thing throws you off but you throw them something that you just think will work. Yeah. Mm. I'd rather I'd rather get throw that curveball and know that I can hit it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's um that's why it's important that we're all still upskilling and pushing ourselves to learn and be better. Just so to expand that toolbox, you know, just to take little bits from here and there. Full disclosure, I hate learning. <laughs> I hate being better. Aren't you that guy that just dropped out of uni? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too soon? Shout out. Too, too, too Way soon? I'm sure I know him. No. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day. Talk to me you about your, your dietetics or is dietetics or nutrition? Uh, nutrition, potentially going to dietetics yeah, cool. if I would want that. 
Why, why did you jump into that after exercise science? So I n- didn't do exercise science. I dropped out. Oh, okay. In... You dropped out. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Full so, disclosure, I actually dropped out of a master's. So carry yeah, on. Yeah, that's, three, like, that's three from three. I'm, I'm in the shape of giants, but I'm not really because I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> now I've dropped out. I swear we're educated people. <laughs> um, so I dropped out of high school in like year 10. Yep. Did a three-year diploma course in, what was it, sports something? Development of sports or sports development. I did a diploma there for three years and then from there got a decent enough grade to get myself into a uni degree in nutrition. Um, And that was basically just brought on by my own curiosity. Um, Like I didn't necessarily want the piece of paper, I wanted the learning. So that's, yeah, yeah, so that was cool. Um, But then I think the more and more I learned from there, in nutrition and the more I spend time around the field I realise it's it's to have any real impact in nutrition it's more so a game of psychology yeah 100%. Um, like and we always say you know you can know the best diet you can know the best training program but if you can't get the person to implement it no, and adhere to it yeah. um, it's completely useless and in nutrition it's different to exercise um, like with nutrition people aren't motivated to eat healthy where people are actually excited to get into the gym and train. That's why I've um, definitely like sort of gone more towards the training and exercise science um, studies and learning lately, just because, yeah, I found that with nutrition, it's just so much psychology and like you can learn all the science. Like we were learning about like glucose and diabetes and all these sort of more advanced topics, but at the end of the day, you just need to be able to get the person to adhere to something. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's all about building rapport and relationships. That's beautifully one of the questions I've got. But going back to what you said about like no one has the motivation to eat healthy, that's so true. But mm. do you think that has more to do with dietary addiction? You know, like mm. the, yeah. the, the, you know, the sugar, I'll throw the word out there, even though I don't believe it, but the sugar, the, the demonizing of sugar. Yeah, for sure. Um, how there are some really strong studies that show that there is a big addiction problem particularly in our younger population, that leads into the adult life, which, you know, two and two equals four, leads down the road to problems with obesity and sedentary lifestyles. Um, do you think that's more why people are less motivated to eat healthy? Or is it a lack of education on top of that? Or is it... So I definitely don't think it's a lack of education. Like, we are 100% in the era of education. If you look on social media now, there's people posting, you know ticks and crosses with foods and like eat this do this and same for exercise do this exercise don't do this exercise there's courses everywhere so the education is definitely there um in my opinion it just comes down to the environment and like the society just pushing or society not making it easy to lead a healthy lifestyle whether that be like monetary problems or um just you know seeing 7-eleven giving very, very cheap, crappy foods. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. Like, you watch State of Origin and every second ad was KFC talking about the $2 slides. Yeah, for sure. I freaking loved the $2 <laughs> slide. It was amazing. But, yeah. and then there was another, actually, you know, it was a Macca's ad. Are we going to get in trouble? With this? <laughs> <laughs> We're little fish in product placement. But yeah. Macca's, they have this ad that goes for 45 seconds. And the whole, you're like, what the freaking hell is this ad about? And it's about this little girl. What's it selling? Yeah, I had exactly then, the same thought. And then you sit in the yeah. back car and she drives past Mac and then the, the Golden Arches is the It was something, something the about family or... Yeah, it was yeah like, it's outrageous. <laughs> what has this got to do with Mac? And then it says, you know, this is where family comes together. I'm like, that's, that's shit. And yeah. then Greg was sitting next to me, he's like, 
I'd kill for a cheeseburger right <laughs> <laughs> It's working! Well, like, yeah, well, that subliminal advertising works because it's everywhere and yeah. it's something yeah. we, and they we use, feed off. They use those words like family and makes you feel, well, we do too. Yeah. Well, we are a cult, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, they use the words like family to suck you and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I can have Friday nights, Macca's night, but yeah. it doesn't matter Friday. You can have Friday night, Macca's night. If you're not, if you're not ticking the boxes, Monday through Thursday, then Saturday, Sunday, yeah. Yeah. and then doing a little bit of movement on top of that, it's going to do some damage. Yeah, for sure. Like anything, it's an accumulation of your week. So if you have yeah. that one, like you have your $2 sliders once a week, then... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, And then you look after yourself for the rest of the week, then... Like it all, it all kind of goes out in the wash. But if you have those two dollar sliders and then go to Macca's the next day and then go yep. to Domino's for a five dollar pizza the day after, <laughs> you're gonna have Shout you're gonna have issues. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it's just getting people to that point where they actually want to change and want to, because like like I said, everyone knows what to eat, and and when we know yeah. better, we should do better. But we yeah, don't. It's really not as easy as like eat this. Oh, okay, I'll eat healthy. Yeah. Now. Um, I think there are so many more like underlying driving forces that push people down healthy lifestyles and yeah like bad advertising is just probably the tip of the iceberg with that um, and I'll like reverse that it's, it's good advertising of bad products yeah it's for really sure really good advertising no it's absolutely so much Coca-Cola yeah great advertising best ad mm. like unreal yeah yeah, no definitely, doubt. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I don't even like just bad advertising. So like, Jesus Christ, 45 seconds and it was about like You put something yeah. in your head and it's what you want. Yeah. And it's I, the, I way, the way that, that we work. I we work. still remember that. When was the last Origin game? Like five, four weeks ago. I still remember that ad. And I haven't seen it since. Mostly because you were talking in a Origin accent <laughs> for, for yeah, four weeks. Um, Please don't do that's it. That's fair. Mate. And I will like just come back to what you said before about the sugar, just quickly on that. So. I'd probably always disagree. Here we go. <laughs> so I'll oh, disagree on if you were just saying that, like, the addiction <laughs> of sugar. So a sort of different hypothesis is that it's more so highly palatable foods, mm-hmm. and that doesn't necessarily mean sugar. Mm-hmm. So think practically about this. Like, if you try to sit down and eat 5,000 calories worth of just sugar, I guarantee you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But if I gave you highly palatable foods, so palatable is just things that taste good. Yeah. Um, and generally, and this is always going to include sugar, salt, and fat. So things that taste good. Yeah. That would be easy to eat. So those are generally the foods that are cause yeah, yeah, they're getting you in trouble and causing the obesity. So people flavor kills. And this is going down another sort of deeper, deeper, darker rabbit hole of um, demonizing single foods or mm. single components. So yeah. I never ever ever like to say that one thing is a bad thing just like you would never call an exercise bad yeah. you know it has its context it might be performed bad or bad in a program same goes for foods or ingredients I would never say that sugar is a bad ingredient or don't eat sugar um, obviously there's different cases for pathologies like don't eat gluten if you're celiac yeah. but it's more a case of um, sugar is not the problem it's the sugar with the salt with the fat and the calories yeah. that's the problem because um, I guarantee no one's overeating on 5,000 calories of sugar. sugar yeah. It's, yeah, as I said, the sugar, the fat, the salt. There's a rant on that. <laughs> he's, he's got me by the throat. <laughs> yeah. He's up against the wall. Okay. You're hurting me, Josh. You're hurting me. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. And there's no, there's no simple answer, but how do we help improve the wider health, the health of the wider population? As yeah. fitness professionals and health professionals, what, what do we do? Yeah, well, that is, yeah, that's a golden question, 100%. Yeah. Um, like, I, 
in my opinion, I think like for us as individuals, just to do the best we can. Yeah. Like try and reach our wider audiences. Like you guys are putting out good stuff all the time. I'm trying to put out stuff that you know people that I know. Yeah. Um, and just fighting the good fight. You know, not letting your integrity go for money, or just not trying to sell anything that's um, you know a bit BS over science. But yeah, hundred percent. That is. I'm just trying to help one person at a time. I think. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's, I mean, that's a big at the end of the day, is the powerful effect that we have. Yeah. You know, just change up one person's life, and then they might change one person's life, and that person might change two people's life. For sure. That's that's, that's all we can do at the end of the day. Strongest, sharpest sword. Yeah. At the end of the day, it comes down to someone's, I guess, discipline and want to actually change if, if that's what they're looking for. Yeah, for sure. And uh, obviously, environment's going to be a big one as well, which is where like you know places like this come in, trying to create that environment for people to want to change. Because um, it's as we all know, it's so much harder to do it on your own. Definitely. Delicious. Question. This, this one, so how, how do I rephrase the question so that we can get back to that? discussion that we were having before. I'll ask the question just, yeah. and then it's just going to be... Just put it out there and we'll <clears> go from there. So for us three, I guess, you know, we, we train um, our female population, both athletic and general, uh, pretty, pretty, I guess, broadly. We've got a very broad mix of clientele. Mm. Um, my, I'm personally I'm more biased towards female population just because I enjoy cultivating strength in female gen pop and athletes. But... So we know the, the benefits as coaches. We know the science behind it because we've done some studying on it. We know the benefits to, to strength training, or let's, let's call it resistance training, resistance training for our female population. How do we get that message across to the, to the wider audience without standing on our soapboxes and kind of preaching to the choir? And I guess what I mean by that, what I say before was like, you know, social, social media is more of a, more of a, for coaches, more of like a marketing or a business yeah, tool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the only people that are paying attention to your um, to your social medias are other coaches. Mm. And everyone's kind of learning off each other, which is great. I mean, that's mm. the perfect way to use it. But at the same time, not many people that aren't invested in that are really paying attention. Yeah. So I use the example of my mum. I know that resistance training would be great for my mum, but she's less interested in the idea of it because she has a predisposed idea of what resistance training is. So how do we kind of change or shake up that status quo? Hmm. Um, so one thing that I did sort of think of was like social media influences. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned how you, for example, the only people that are reading and caring about your posts are people that are probably already in this industry and already care about that. However, for like social media influencers, like the, the big names and not necessarily even in the industry, but you know, big model, big name models or um, fitness competitors or something like that, these people with hundreds of thousands of followers, um, I think they're I think they're a good medium just to relay that message of you know resistance training isn't bad or for example like a lot of um, you know good women on social media like one of them I like is Beck Chambers she is you know someone who preaches that lifting weights is good for you it's yeah. going to make you stronger it's not going to make you bulky and manly it's like I, I think really love Nick and, and Beck's content yeah I, I'm a big fan of what they do um, lovely people as well so I, I reckon <laughs> yeah she's, <laughs> she's, right. nice she's not too bad <laughs> but I think social media influence is, influences is probably a good place because like 
general general population people follow them just for, for whatever, for eye candy, for fun, and that's that's going to be who they look up to. Mm-hmm. They're not going to they're not going to see oh Cam does this, I'm going to do this. They're going to see Nick Cheadle does this, I want to do this because he looks like he does, and you look like you do. <laughs> I was going to say that. What are you saying, mate? Hey, cop that. I need to get more ripped. <laughs> yeah, correct, correct. I'm but Cheadle, I'm I think the the key point there is just making it mainstream, like. We're in a pretty niche spot at the moment, niche spot in the market. Um, getting these mainstream people to relay the message that we want, and it is actually getting better, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't know what you is, reckon. It is. Um, and There's I think people like Steffi Cohen. Do you follow Steffi Cohen? She's an American powerlifter, no, weightlifter. Mm. So she just picked up like two hundred kilos for four or five reps the other day. Yeah, and, see, and she pushes um, female mental health and also female physical health. She talks about. Um, Resistance training effect on the menstrual cycle that that can yeah. happen if you do it incorrectly. Awesome. Talking about fat dieting and the effect on the menstrual cycle and all your hormones that get thrown out the window. Awesome. Yeah, so I love her content. Love yeah. So I think um, get on her. also a big part of it was, um, and I'm going to say the C word, was CrossFit. <laughs> 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 I think, like, I, I have a lot of. Uh, I love CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of love for CrossFit in that way that they've sort of. They made the barbell a bit more mainstream, and they've yeah, taken yeah. that fear away from it. Like, yeah. imagine if CrossFit was never a thing. Like, so many women would have never stepped foot into a gym, yes. and even not necessarily like formal CrossFit boxes, but like all these small um, group fitness training gyms you see going around. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> we can, drop, we can, drop yeah, some mic and leave. Um, but in all seriousness, you know, like you see these young females that are getting into these group fitness classes, doing squats, doing deadlifts, doing yeah. presses. They may not be the prettiest things, but, you know, it's a gateway to better training and barbell training. So, like in that sense, I think CrossFit, we have a lot to thank for CrossFit. 100%. To converting girls from the treadmill to the barbell. Um, yeah, as I said, even if it's not in the best way at the moment, it's a gateway to the next thing. Yeah, and even their athletes have a lot of... Um I guess positive. Uh, what's the word? Their social media presence is, for the most part, pretty positive. Yeah, you know, they're not horrible people. They all they look for the majority good. of people that, that do CrossFit. It's let's get moving. Let's start lifting yeah. some heavier weight. Let's yeah. improve our strength. Improve the way we move. Hopefully, um, and although there's a little bit to be desired in terms of programming and things like that it's mm. it's overwhelmingly positive because people are, they're people that like you said would have been on the treadmill for yeah. six days a week and things like that yeah yeah for sure definitely yeah and, and like we, we have our I guess little subgroups within our industry where powerlifters laugh at bodybuilders mm. and bodybuilders laugh at crossfitters and, and crossfitters laugh at Everyone, correct, correct. But at the end of the day, we are all on the same side. We're on the side that let's get everyone moving and, and finding their their niche within the industry, and yeah. then everyone, everyone's winning. So, yeah, I do like the aspect I love about CrossFit, which is what we were talking about before, is they take tools from every modality and they kind of implement that. And they say how how efficiently or even just quickly, how quickly can you adapt to this stimulus? Mm. And then they get some of the best people around the world to do it. And you watch something like the CrossFit Games, and you see exactly what it takes to um, to even just get into the CrossFit Games. But you see what exactly what it takes to win something like the CrossFit Games. Yeah, uh, athletes. Yeah, some of the most inhuman people, inhuman humans. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it'll adapt like anything. It'll adapt and grow and improve over the next 20, 30 years when it becomes, you know, for lack of a better term, mainstream sport. 
where you, you look at, say, a footballer who played, like a Gary Ablett type, and you look at the work he's gone through to get to that point, where now that CrossFit's been around for 10 years and in 20 years and 30 years it'll be around for a lot longer, that you see those pathways and those progressions so that people aren't getting injured and mm-hmm. and they aren't yeah having those issues that they have now because it's a teething period. It's a like we're adapting and we're evolving to learn that that sport is in fact a sport and not necessarily a training modality as it's probably seen as yeah. currently. Yeah. yeah for and sure. the best thing about everything that's new is nine times out of ten most people are trying to drive a best practice. Mm. It doesn't have to be NFL health and fitness, it can be mm. anything. Like, mm. you know, they're trying to drive a best practice, so there's gonna be problems with it. I think we just culturally need to show a bit more patience, potentially. Patience is probably the right word. Yeah. You know, we want things to change, we want things to change now, but change happens over a long period of time yeah, in the 60s yeah. and everyone resists change straight away yeah. no, like, no matter what kind of change resistance training in the 60s but there were still some female weightlifters mm. there were still some female not powerlifters it was powerlifting thing in the 60s I'm not really brushing up on it like was it a, a thing thing or was it more just like an I think it was a thing it's, it's, it's been extremely extremely underground just till recently to be yeah. honest um, until probably like the last yeah five or ten years it's well Joe DeFranco just that's been powerlifting thing yeah. It's probably been in the 60s, 70s. Yeah, it would like. As far as like Ed Cohn and stuff, were probably back then in the 60s. I don't know. I'm and probably butchering like that. And um, all the big dogs around them were taking elements from powerlifting and yeah. implementing that in their bodybuilding regime as well. Things to be learned all around for sure. Tools from toolboxes, kids. Mm. Who'd have thought? Mm. You got any more? Because I've got a great question for you. Oh, wait, no, I don't. I've already asked it. And we've already talked about another one. I think um, <laughs> <laughs> like we already answered my first question. So I was like, well, I, I got a great that. one. And I this is a problem. Like, cool, so I've got two questions. Wait, you came like, with two questions. Yeah. Good, for, good from you, Cam. Um, <laughs> I was going to say just um, pace, changing the pace a bit on the business side of things. I think another thing you can learn from CrossFit is just how they go about their business. Like, uh, say what you will about the sport, like, but you got to respect what that business has done, yeah. Yeah, that absolutely. brand name, and how it's grown. Um, and the way they do it, like I think it's so clearly cut that it's a community-based sport um, and, you know, people throw around the word cult and, you know, it almost fits in place there. But um, that's, I think that's just how they've grown so big and such a good culture and drive is through that community-based aspect of it. Yeah, they've, pre- they've presented a really solid, fun product mm. and it's generated a lot of interest. Yeah. Everyone, everyone wants to be a part of something. Everyone yeah. wants to be a part of a group or mm. a, or a subculture or, or something like that. Just a, a no-name event in at a farm. At a farm. At a farm. <laughs> it really was just out of out of yeah. the ranch. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched the um the ten year. It's a great documentary. Doco. Really, really good documentary. Loved it. Yeah. Man, that's so mm. cool. And I, I, every year I watch the games. I think never do that and it's like my biggest pet hate when people say I could never do that but I watch you know athletes like Manny Frazier and Ben Smith I'm like no way I'm now 28 <laughs> and he's, this kid's 20 how old is Manny Frazier like 24 Jesus. he's a beast like you know he's, he won it last year and freaking won it this year as well he's just an absolute savage yeah but it, show, it shows what you can do with I guess that culture and that family yeah. like we push Bertus family in here yeah. And that's what makes places like this special. And there's a lot of those around, and it helps people get off the couch and yeah. stop going to Macca's on a Friday night because that's what family yeah, time is. <laughs> and, and these are the, these, these are the things you know. If we had accumulated hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of 
uh, vertices or gyms that are similar like CrossFit mm. has, then if there's there's a lot more places and spaces where people can go in and be comfortable and actually enjoy exercise and yeah. and be supported and make friends and yeah and I guess that's at the end of the day that's what we're all here for we're all yeah. here to create a, a widespread change and make the world a better place yeah, yeah. albeit so one person at a time it makes me excited to think about what you know JPS and well how long have you been five about five or six five I think they've been going yeah so you know imagine them in like five to ten years imagine mm. Burtis in five to ten years I think it's it it takes a lot of the scare factor out of the future, mm. knowing that if you drive a best practice and you really do work hard towards presenting a good product, looking after people's best interests, which is their, ultimately their health, and letting all the cards kind of fall as they will from there, mm. you're going to have a really solid foundation to be proud of in 10 years. So uh, where is where is Virtus in 10 years? It's a very, very good question. We're going to have this uh, <laughs> really cool competitive kind of element to it. Where we find out who the the healthiest people are on the planet and it's going to be called the healthiest person on earth it's going to be really cool <laughs> so show me who can eat the most amount of broccoli yeah. in a year and stuff I might have to have to uh, break my no editing rule for that last <laughs> 30 seconds of Nonsense. rubbish where's Virtus in 10 years that's a very good question um, we've only been here for 20 months 21 months I think so we're not even say nearly 2 years don't say when, 20 months no like Jed's 24 months old in a couple of months so (laughs) nah yeah we're we're almost here for two years so Mm. we've still got you know if we're here in four if we're here at the four year mark then we can start thinking about the five six seven eight nine ten Mm. but all we want to do is we want to create I guess widespread positive behavioural change so you know I've got this crazy crazy idea and and crazy dream of having one a one-stop shop facility that's got from GPs to performance mm. coaches and everyone in the middle and it allows that whole continuum of health and fitness to be serviced in one space where all of the I guess the staff and the professionals talk to each other and and it's not a physios versus performance coaches yeah, versus for sure. P, well versus doctors versus specialists it's one like beautiful Fun. environment where everyone helps improve everyone um, so yeah that, like if we can create a, a facility where we can I guess help as many people as possible with a system like that that's where we want to get to so it's yeah what it looks like who knows yeah, it'll adapt and grow and it's exciting indeed yeah it certainly is where do you see yourself in 5-10 years I guess cool. as, a, as a coach as a practitioner yeah <laughs> yeah much much bigger beard and much smaller muscles yeah <laughs> no I honestly have no idea like um and I always say the same thing. I never have a five-year plan. Good. <laughs> Give it up. Yeah, so I never have a five-year plan or let alone a 10-year plan. Um, I just do what I do what I love, do what I'm passionate about to the best of my ability um, and just follow the road as it comes. And that is what I've done for a couple of years now and it seems to be working out okay. Awesome. Um, got this opportunity in America, so I'll just pursue that. I have no idea what's going on after that, so... Good. I've, I've bought myself a one-way ticket. Um, I'm just going to... I'll be there till my money runs out, get a one-way ticket back, and then see what happens after. But um, I guess one thing I'm always trying to do is just improve my craft in some manner. You yeah. know, just be, better, just be a better coach, be a better person, and just do what I love doing. Like, I don't ever want to... I'm not someone who's too fussed about money. Like, I don't ever want to be the richest person or the most famous person alive. That doesn't fuss me. I just want to do what I want to do every day, help people train, mess around, spend time with my girlfriend, (laughs) 
do that. <laughs> Lucky you put that in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, See you soon. no girlfriend anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not sorry. That's 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 my that's my five year plan. I don't I don't have a five year plan. I love that. That's really cool. I live the same because. Every time I sit down and like try to five year, three year plan myself, I stress my head off. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. And then I always go to my mom, I'm like, I don't know what I want to do in five years. She goes, Great. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think, <laughs> yeah, goal setting and, you know, I definitely don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I just, I think that life is just so constantly adapting and changing, and that it's almost silly to try and say that. You know, in five years, I'm going to be here. Yeah, here. exactly. Um, you know, I'm all for like manifest, uh, you know, speaking what you want to manifest and um, speaking it into action and the law of attraction and that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you need to be adaptable and you need to be ready for whatever's going to come. Yeah. And personally, like if, if I were to be doing the same thing in 10 years time or if I were to be doing what I thought I was going to be doing in 10 years time... I would personally see that as um, a little bit of a failure on my part. Yeah. Like I want life to be different and constantly changing and evolving and doing different things. Yeah. The way I kind of see it, as soon as you kind of start setting goals, like you want to have an idea of where you want to get to, mm. but as soon as you start setting goals, really specific goals are like longer than a year, two, three, four, five years, the goalposts move. The, like what you're aiming for 100%. ends up moving and you need to pivot and shift and, and then start working towards something else. So that, that goal that you wanted, you don't necessarily want anymore. For sure. Um, you know, I, I sat down a couple, well, maybe two months ago, a month ago now, and, and did goals for Virtus. And I was like, well, my goals past 12 months are really ambiguous because I know kind of, like I just said, where I want to get us to, but mm. where we want to get to, but what it actually looks like, no yeah, idea. who knows. But for my next twelve months, I've got targets I want to hit, and I've got things I want to want to do, and yeah. and we we aim for those, and then yeah, we start looking. Promote that look. growth that lets you have the options available later. Yeah. The way I see specific goal setting, I'm the same as you guys. I love that people do it, and I love that it works for them. But you know, I sit down with my clients and I say, let's let's make specific goals for for why you're here. Like, yeah. let's get stronger for the yeah. reasons that you want to be here. Because if we get super specific with our super long term goals. The analogy that I like to think of is it's, it's like it's like jumping a very great distance. Mm. As soon as your feet leave the ground, you're committed to the trajectory. You can't change anything mm. there. So as soon as you put something down on paper and that's something that you want to chase, you've committed to the trajectory. That's great that that's what you want, but like you say, you've got to you've got to have your feet on the ground because if an obstacle comes, you've got to go around it, you've got to go through it, or, or you know over it. But if your feet are off the ground and you've already made that commitment to the trajectory, you can't change your feet at the ground again. Yeah. And you know, some people get caught up in I guess the element of disappointment when they don't make their goals, which is fine. Yeah. Like, you know, man, I could count the number of times I've made a mistake this year on like all three of our <coughs> pairs of hands. Yeah. But every time I've made a mistake it's with my feet on the ground. Like I haven't been jumping in the air because if I am and then I realise that I can't make my goal when I want to make it, that disappointment can set in and some people can get deterred from chasing that dream. Man, just keep your feet on the ground. Hmm. And then that's what my mum's good for. She's just like, you know what you want to do? Great. Even in school, you know, I had that, um, what's that class where, it's like um, careers class. Hmm. Uh, like, oh, you know, year 10 or year 9. Hey, let's write down what we want to do for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I failed that because <laughs> I took the thing home and my mum, like, they had this note, like, your son did not participate and couldn't. And I was like, I just didn't know what to say. And yeah. mum goes, okay, that's fine. <clears> but I mean, that's what do you feel like doing, mate? Like, acting or, you know, maybe some carpentry like I just threw yeah. some really weird things. dad's like put them in a blender that'd be the worst taste milkshake in the world and I'm like I think it's perfect <laughs> like, 
Yes, thanks, mom. <laughs> Sue's amazing, though. Sue's a bit yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's I, well. That's part of part of the issue with our to go down another rabbit hole with our education system is we're expected to know what we want to do when we hit eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, sure. And like, I love sports, so I'm going to go do exercise science, which most exercise science students do, and they get to the end and they're like, oh shit, yeah, <laughs> what there's, do? there's no Where job. Are the jobs? <laughs> There's, yeah, I can't find a job. Oh, yeah. or, or, or they want teachers. I'll go do a dip ed, or I'll go do a yeah, master sure. of teaching. Or, you know, like me, I was like, well, shit, I want to I coach. I want to help make people better. But how do I do that? Oh, exercise physiology looks good because we get government rebates. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, that was genuinely the thought process. Was, was One of the thought process goes, yeah. back in whatever it was, 2012 or... Back in the day. I can't remember. Wednesday, probably. Yeah. It, th- Thursday <laughs> afternoon. And, and like I jumped into that going hey I love sport I want to train people to be better but yeah this is this is probably a safe option and I got like 10 months into that masters I'm like fuck this this isn't me this isn't what I want to do yeah good <laughs> so it took me like we have a lot of interns in here and it took me failing and well, I didn't fail I passed get around me but <laughs> I, I, but I <laughs> oh, oh it's just bastard I'm out of here yeah sorry about this that this is workplace bastard <laughs> and <laughs> I do have to take it but I <laughs> and, and I did miss yeah that's going to sound real good. Everyone's speakers are going to blow up for about 15 <laughs> yeah. seconds there. But like yeah, realizing what I didn't want to do, like completely allowed me to, again, pivot and figure out that this is what I want to do. I wanted to create somewhere like Virtus and, and the last couple of years it's been, well, it's been a blessing that I did something that I didn't want to do because it shows you what you don't want to do. So like for all the young mm. exercise science students or, or students or people that are upset that they don't know what they want to do with the rest of their lives it's the best thing because you've yeah. got everything open to you you have no doors closed yeah you spend f- spend four years in accountant doing an accountancy degree and realise holy shit I don't want to be an accountant then but all you know is accountant yeah right? exactly yeah. exactly this is the thing I told my sister she was stressing in VCE and she's like I don't know what I want to do but I've got to get like a and a 90 I think it was like ATAR back I have to get a 90 to get into this thing and I was like is that what you want to do she's yeah like, I don't know sounds good I'm like cool yeah. you know drop this she had like six uh, six units to do in her VCE and I was like just drop two of them do four and get a really strong ATAR and then if you want to go and do something you have yeah. that at your disposal forever and then she did it and the teachers all thought that she was a dickhead she wasn't going to get anywhere blah 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 now she's killing it I can't tell you what she's doing yes yeah. <laughs> she's just got a new job and they made a role for her but that's the that's the power of, of having the freedom to, to explore life you know she's got all these life experiences now because she's enriched herself in so many different things and she went into a job interview and they said you're so good we don't want to lose you let me make a job for you yeah. you know what I mean like, and she's been chasing the things that she wants to yeah, do you can't do that with a, a 98 time and then go and be a doctor if you, if you yeah. don't want to be a doctor you know exactly. and that's a big commitment in itself too yeah yeah, right, I'll I'll use use what we were just talking about to ask you one of the questions I was going to ask at the end. But for sure, what is what is success to you? Nice, good question. So this is something I do actually think about a little bit. Um, success for me is <clears throat> sort of relating it back to what I alluded to before. Success for me would mean doing whatever I want to do every single day, um, and then feeding that into. Success would mean not changing what I want to do for any amount of money. Good. Okay, so if someone came up to me and said, I'll give you $3 million to do this job, I would have to, to be successful personally, I would think that, no, I'm so happy doing what I want to do right now, even though I'm earning $70,000 or $50,000 or yeah. whatever it may be, you know, that I don't want that $3 million, that I'm enjoying this way too much, I wouldn't enjoy doing that, so I decline yeah, that. 
cash. Cash money, yeah. You take the cash. <laughs> By so and many. then you run. And then you do what you want to do. <laughs> Buy so much pizza with that. Yeah. Oh, Shout geez. out to Jamie. Look <laughs> <laughs> at the Domino's man. Um, but that is 100% success to me. Like, yeah, I just that's doing what I want to do every day. And um, there is like that sort of tree out of how you figure out what you want to do. It's like um, something that you're passionate about, something you're actually good at, and something that is profitable. Yeah. And I think um, Find, that, finding that, that balance. Yeah, yeah. Within that little Venn diagram, that's sort of probably where your best route will be. Um, and that's what I'm doing, you know, like something like coaching. It's something that I'm naturally find myself good at, like re- relating to people, teaching people. Um, and I'm passionate about it. I love helping people. And people want to give me money for that. So I'm okay to do that. Um, so success would just be mean doing that every day or for the rest of my life or doing something similar to that for the rest of my life yeah. and just following that path. That's amazing, yeah. Cam, I'm gonna really yours? Quickly, well, I'm going to really quickly tack onto that because Jump so on. my... Um, Thing that I've been doing with the last eight weeks where I've been recording those videos. I had a question from a girl this week and she said, like, man, Sunday, how do you get out of bed in the morning? Because, you know, some days I'm just so exhausted and I can relate because it sucked when I was that, like, just that flat. Yeah. But one of the things that really gets me out of bed is knowing knowing that what I do helps me serve the world to make my little world a better place. Mm. And doing that has helped me meet you guys mm. and, you know, the Verse family and people from Woodfords and people like Jamie and, mm. and Charlie and even, like, um, Jacob, I got to meet some amazing people, and that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Yes, winter sucks when you wake up at 4.45 and you've got someone in at 6, but the fact that they're going to come and see me at 6 puts a smile on my face knowing that they're going to come and and get better, let me expose their weaknesses and train their strengths for them, so they're putting that sort of faith in me. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And if you do that, even if you want to fucking paint, people always say to me, there's no money in that. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It's not about the money, it's about the merit. Like, do you do you feel value being provided to someone else or you're making their world better? If you are, then who cares if you're making money off it? If you yeah. wanna if you wanna make money then go get stuck in a nine to five job that you hate doing and then not have the energy to do the hobby that you want to do at the end of that. But if you want to paint and you can't afford, in quotations, to paint, do your nine to five, paint after work. Yeah. Feel how much more that regenerates you yeah. so that you can go and do the thing that you don't enjoy as much to give you the energy back so that you can afford to do the things that you love. So that's, mm. for me, I'm the same. It's like success for me is just, what is it that I'm great at doing or that I'm passionate about doing, which for me at the moment is coaching. Like that's how I serve the world, coaching and, and educating and helping people learn to be a bit better. And I'm going to keep doing that forever. There'll always be an element of coaching or, or teaching, even if I'm not PTing, even if I'm not. That'll adapt and grow yeah, and change. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something that, that weight training, like the barbell, I love the barbell for what it's taught me. And it's taught me to adapt. Mm. Like, I have to adapt. If you don't adapt, you die. Mm. So the, the barbell has taught me to adapt or I fail. And if I fail, it's not the worst thing, but I don't like failing. I like, you know, that's what I killer did. If I liked picking it up and I want to do it again, so I've got to adapt. So I'll still be coaching, I'll still be teaching, even if I'm not in the health and fitness industry, even if I go into a completely different industry. If I'm selling caravans again, I've got to coach and I've got to teach because the people that come and see me to buy the product off me have to know where I'm coming from, I have to resonate with all. Success for me is just resonating with as many people as I can about the things that I'm passionate about, things I'm good at, things I love. And then if I can go home 
lay in bed and feel like I haven't been an asshole you know, <laughs> too much during the day. Oops, and you have. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to bust your <laughs> Not sleeping today. <laughs> but yeah, like that's that's honestly how I sleep, man. Like I try and go home and I go, well, I wasn't a complete cockhead today to everyone. I mean, I was a bit grumpy today, so I'll just be better tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, if that's I good. fuck someone over, I'll apologise to them and I'll just be better tomorrow. And if mm. I fuck myself over, I'll apologise to myself, I'll be better tomorrow. And just keep adapting, keep adapting, keep adapting. Good. And when I'm 90... I've stopped adapting. <laughs> I don't. Oh, get yeah. on, get on growth hormone, but I'll die happy. And then someone will come in and they'll go, "Do you want three million dollars?" They're like, "No, <laughs> cash." All right, we got a bunch of questions for yourself. Cool. We'll ask cool. you. You can be as succinct <laughs> or as long-winded as you want. Or vague. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to ask Cam Science. purely because if you guys want to hear about Cam, you can listen to my podcast with him. Yeah. So get excited. Um, which will be this will mind this will mind blow you. Which will be before this, but this was recorded before mine lockers. Yeah, how's that for an emotion? Someone give me a whiteboard. You <laughs> <laughs> need to draw no, that out. It's, wow. it's podcast exception. <laughs> if you could give teenage you one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, I was actually thinking about this like today, maybe or yesterday. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get all these answers. I'm going to answer you the same <laughs> way in our podcast. <laughs> and everyone's going to be like, oh, this sounds familiar. This sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, it would 100% just be to slow down and relax and calm down and just be patient. <laughs> like, I was such a stress head when I was younger. Someone can tell Katie Dean to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell her. I'll tell her. Okay. No, she's doing good things. She is. <laughs> good answer. Really good answer. But yeah, like, I just think I just needed to calm down a bit and just stress less. Like, I was 18. I had no troubles to worry about. Um, and even now, like I've chilled out a lot more, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't regret anything. Like it's got me to the stage where I'm at right now, um, which I'm pleased with. Um, but I just think that too many people just take themselves a little bit too seriously at such a young age. And I was definitely like hundred percent one of those people. Me too. But then, you know, you only know what you know, I guess. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> How do you tell a heartbroken kid at 14 that he's not really heartbroken? Yeah, you know? yeah. He knows that he's freaking heartbroken. You're like, ah, there's plenty more girls out there. And he's like, that was not what I loved her. That was me. We kissed. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? Single piece of advice? Cool. That's what better. I came out there. <laughs> um, so I'll probably relate this back to work and like coaching and stuff I, the best bit of coaching advice and coaching tip that I've been given is that um, people's time in the gym with you very well may be the highlight of the day so they may be coming in with you know money problems relationship problems really serious health problems depression um, you know uni stress whatever and that 30 to 45 minutes that they're spending with you, they're paying to spend with you to do whatever, exercise, um, that could be the, the biggest highlight of the day or the thing getting them through the week. Um, and I think that's something that I try and think back of, like, as you said, when it's that, you know, that 5 a.m. session in the winter or that 8.30 p.m. session at night when all you want to do is go home and eat. I think, like, okay, have a little bit of perspective. You know, this person is paying to spend their time with me um, and they're paying, you know, to get my knowledge or get my help. Um, and this could really be the thing that's getting them through. And a lot of the times, you know, people have opened up to me and said that, you know, they've been going through some hard times and said like, 
you know, this has really helped me get through this, or it's good to have someone to talk to that, you know, isn't my wife or isn't, you know, my partner or whatever. Um, so that's probably the biggest piece of advice that I've gotten. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think as coaches, we get lost in our own world sometimes, and we got to remember what we're doing and why we're doing it. And yeah, yeah they're, they're, we're there to provide a service for the for the guys and girls that come in. And yeah, for sure. It's, it's, training it's, it's one of the most rewarding jobs that I've ever had. Yeah, especially when I had that conversation with someone. I said that the worst day, but man, yeah, just picked up hundred kilos, and I think I'm gonna kick your door for tensions. <laughs> What's, you, don't, you don't do it for the awesome hours and lots of cash? <laughs> oh, do you know, it's summer. One of my uncles said, oh, I hear PTs clean up. And I was like, the only cleaning I do is with the broom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, I have not seen you clean for months. Yeah. I don't even think we have a broom, do we? <laughs> you definitely don't. They're in the broom cupboard, man. They're in the broom cupboard. <laughs> you clean you and mean, jerk. Gosh, I said you definitely don't clean and jerk. Hey. Wow. <laughs> that hurts. That hurts. What's the nicest thing you've ever done with someone? Oh, oh wow. Um, not put a dagger in my heart for a chance <laughs> that'd be real nice the thing we've ever done for someone um, I don't know to be honest I've done some pretty nice things <laughs> air bubble blows no <laughs> like yeah I definitely couldn't put it down to one big grand gesture of giving my kidney to someone but no I tried to give blood once so I'm absolutely <laughs> absolutely petrified of needles like Petrified. This is the only reason I'll never do steroids. I'm petrified of needles. And um, I tried to give blood when I was like 18. And all I remember was like the lady talking to me. And then like <laughs> next minute, just yeah, like waking up and there was a pool of blood near my arm. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> like I knew I shouldn't have tried to be a good person. <laughs> this is what you get. <laughs> yeah, this is what you That's get. That's the universe saying, Josh, you're an asshole. <laughs> Always take the cash. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I try to be a pretty decent person in general most of the time. I, I truly do. I truly do think that it comes back to you and that um, if you, yeah, you, you be a good person and people, you'll attract good things into your life. Definitely. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. As, as big as I am on science, I'm actually a pretty like spiritual person and believe in like attraction and stuff like that. Whereas, so, um, I can't say the word. yeah, I'm big on that. Yeah. Be a good person. Be a good person. Yeah. Good. Really simple. I like it. Mm. What? Probably a little, you're probably going to repeat yourself a little bit, but what is your philosophy? A really succinct philosophy on how you live and what you do day to day. Yeah, um, so I think like similarly to what Cameron said before, just try not to be a dick every day and then coming back to my success is just do what I want to do every day. Cool. Um, you know, if that, if doing what I love and doing what I want to do doesn't hurt anyone or conflict with anything, then, you know, then I'm going to do that. Like just serve the world the best you can um, and try and help people, which is, I guess why we're all in this. Like we yeah. love helping people and building connections and human relationships. So, yeah, I guess that's my philosophy. You just do what I love every day. Be a good person. Don't be a dick. Yeah, good. I like it. Hashtag. Hashtag, <laughs> Hashtag don't be a dick. Good. No turkey. Hashtag be better. Hashtag go turkey. <laughs> Shout out to Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have to buy shares. Yeah. So he's like, man. Yeah. <laughs> Send my invoice to the What's the last book you read start to finish and what did you learn from it? Uh, the last book I read, I'm like halfway through like six books. Yeah, same. Um, so I'll just touch on what I'm currently reading is Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday, which is currently a fantastic book thus far. Yep. Um, and so he's in that he's talking a lot about like stoic philosophy and just a lot of what we've spoken about, which is just like being a good person and... He talks about like no matter what stage of your life you're in, whether you're in your aspiration phase or your success phase or your failure phase, 
is that no matter what phase you're in, um, ego will always be detrimental to your success or to your goals. Um, and it's never, ever, ever, ever going to help you in some way to carry an ego. Um, and it's pretty interesting. Like he'll talk about, you know, people like to say all these successful people and they've got these big egos like Kanye West and Donald Trump, where often they're more or less the outliers. Like it's yeah. the, I don't know if you've heard about like the survivorship um, bias where it's like... Um, Some people walk on the backs of others just to make it and then others will bring them with them. Yeah, and, and so you've got your Donald Trump says they've made it because they've walked on the backs of others. Yeah, and then you've got your other successful like Derek Cressy, very successful. He's mm. brought a lot of people with him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, he's brought them up as he's raised Elliot Elliot Holtz's great on strength camp. He's the same. He's brought a lot of people up with him. Mm. Some people look at them from the outside and they're like, well, you know, they have to have some ego. Yeah, it's yeah, it's generally to be honest, the people who are the most humble and with the most humility that do make it to the top like those people like Kanye West and Donald Trump they're very much just the outliers for every Kanye West there's a million people like that with such a massive ego that didn't make it yeah, um, yeah. it's going to be the people who are humble and ones with humility that generally will you know will get their successes and they get the longevity of their name too like you know Donald Trump's not going to have a lasting legacy Kanye West is going to like, like he'll have his albums but mm. <clears throat> He's not going to have anything that's going to make him memorable forever. Mm, you know what I mean? For sure. Teresa. Yeah, exactly right. I love her her first album, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I still listen to it every morning. Is that how I lose yourself? You got it, man. You got it. I listen <laughs> to her podcast. <laughs> the Teresa podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Jesus, man. The oh, peace cast. Oh, right, anyway, let's get yeah. Who are your biggest influences? I'm going to I'm going to two part this question as a coach and as a person. As a coach, uh, so it's hard. Like right now as a coach, it's obviously Eric Cressy. Yep. I'm moving there in a week. Um, so I'm trying to be an absolute sponge to everything that he's put out and all the content that we get sent as interns. So we're yep. getting weekly content from him. Um, so I'm like heavily into the overhead um, management side of stuff and the shoulder anatomy side of stuff. So he's influencing me massively now, um, but on the whole, and I'd hate to say it, but Woody has been a big influence on me. And you know, he's he's probably the person that you know brought me from just who I was to an actual performance coach. Yeah. And then you know, I learned what I could with him, and then yeah. piggyback, piggybacked off that and learned from other guys. Well, he's like, been awesome for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like, there's no doubting it. Like, say what you will about the man. Um, he's, at the end of the day, he's produced some other good people around him. Yeah, um, definitely. And enabled us to connect and meet other people. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably say that. And guys like Jamie Smith, you, you boys yourselves, um, JP Kalki in the power, and more so the powerlifting side of things. He what does a, a lot for the community there, so I'm a big fan of him as well. Mm. Good. Strong of <laughs> strong manly, manly five strong <laughs> five strong good excellent answer if you could be remembered in one sentence what would it be Whew, that is looks like Drake <laughs> oh, if I had a dollar for every time do you, do you know did anyone ever tell you you look like Drake no that's never told you know <laughs> I would be a million you'd have three million dollars cash baby <laughs> um, I'd have to probably yeah just relate it to everything that was said so far it's just like just being a good person cool. like at the end of the day what more can you ask for like to have people show up at your funeral and to say that you're a good dude like you're a loving person giving generosity 
Swall. Swall. <laughs> strong. Weak. Five strong. Five strong. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, Three huge. A couple of favourites. Favourite quote. Uh, favourite quote. Ah, I had a really good quote recently, but I'm probably not going to remember it. Classic <laughs> you. Yeah, classic melody. So I'll go back to the quote before about luck. It's um. I'm a, I'm a great believer. I'm a great believer in luck. I find the harder I work, the more of it I have. Cool, good. Favorite movie? Favorite movie? It used to be the Italian Job. Oh, what a Jason Statham. Yes, what, what a man. Hug. What a man. Stop it. Yeah. We'll, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. I don't watch movies much anymore. Favorite recording artist apart from Mother Teresa. <laughs> That's my one too. We say It was Fred Allen. Come on. Favorite recording artist. Um, I like Matchbox 20 they're definitely not my favourite but I'm just on the spot so I'm just going to say them <laughs> last time I listened to it was like yeah know, in the car something Matchbox 20 yeah favourite hobby uh, non-lifting related yeah, sure drinking wine with my girlfriend and watching Orange is the New Black that's really cute <laughs> the prison I can imagine it too yeah it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's real that's just like legs legs all over the place probably what we're doing tonight <laughs> we will be doing that tonight you guys are the best here it's yeah good. favourite resource uh, like educational resource yeah. or uh, or just improving th- improvement resource well like I think like social media just following people <laughs> on social media gets so much out of it yeah um, but yeah like honestly my learning it lately my resource for learning lately has just been like the Cressy stuff like I've just been balls deep in that and haven't really looked into anything else um, but I will say so Greg Knuckles has probably got some of the best stuff that I've read just yep. like a l- pretty relatable and easy, easy sort of easily digestible stuff so his website Stronger by Science is go to cool yeah, he's got like his yeah his guides. So his bench guide, deadlift guides. I don't know if his bench guides finish. I just know it is. His writing style is really. I, don't know, I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I he's, like it a lot. He's a really good writer. I wish, I wish we could do that. Like, be good. <laughs> no, <laughs> be like, better. Have, be have better. cool, um, <coughs> cool like write ups and stuff. Yeah, that's the top of the yeah, we will, we will. If we if we don't do it and try, we probably will never know. It's like they're, they're, his write ups are really, really cool. Yeah, yeah I've, I've they're got very it. dense. Very got dense. Got it on Facebook. Mm. Well, those kind of things. So dense but cool, just like you. He's always going as a grain, which is good. Yeah, it's cheeky. I'm also grainy. Cheeky. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> any more from you? Yeah, kiss. Uh, no, nah, I mean that's it. I just wanted to sit in and listen. Mm. He's one of my favourite humans ever. Knuckles. Snail. Oh, so too you guys, you guys know podcasts aren't visual, right? That's, that was <laughs> yeah. more There's going to be so much that just the listener just will have no so idea. So what Cam just did was for knuckles. Nothing, nothing, nothing really. Just, um, I guess this will be where I thank you. Is this where I thank you? Sure, why not? Yeah, so <laughs> just, I guess just thanks, thanks, thanks for having having me down and having a lift. My having absolute a sesh. pleasure. Um, keep, keep doing what you guys are doing. Doing good things down here. Pushing the envelope and um, spreading the good word. Which is what we're all about <laughs> so yeah <laughs> thank you thank you keep you're up welcome, man. You're good I might release this tomorrow if you're resigning now <laughs> mate thanks for coming it was thank a lot you. of fun I look, hope a lot of people get a lot out of it yeah. cheers yeah, to you beautiful. thank you thanks double snail oh, so